0: What is up everybody? I'm George Massey. Welcome to the George Massey Show. It's a pop culture podcast. Say hello to my co-host Dede Castile and Heather C. Hi guys. How are you?
1: Hi.
2: Good. How are you?
0: Good. So we've had a lot of technical difficulties trying to get started. So I want to jump in. So this is episode three of the podcast. It was a slow news week, but we still have some stuff we want to talk about with you guys. Hopefully you find it interesting. So I want to start off because we were watching The Masked Singer, and I know, Didi, you don't watch The Masked Singer, but it's it's on season 10, which is the same number of seasons as 90 Day Fiance, which is kind of shocking, right? Because The Masked Singer is way newer, but it comes on like three or four times a year, so it's it's much more frequent. And Tom Sandoval was actually recently voted off on Wednesday, and a lot of people were surprised that he was on the show. Not Heather, though. Heather knew right away when he got on stage as the diver that it was him because she was like, oh, that's Tom Sandoval. And I was like, seriously, can he sing? And I was like, so people really were criticizing him. And, you know, he's had a lot of negative press. He even said recently in an interview that he was almost suicidal at one point with all of the negativity around him. So we're going to talk about him being on the show. But first, I want to do something fun because I know with 10 seasons, that means that there's been 10 winners and there's been like almost 50 people on the show total so i want to know how many people can heather see name from the masked singer vault that have won the show right so there's 10 people so i want to see how many people can you actually name and and see how many um seasons that you really remember because when i was thinking about it i was like i don't remember who won the last season that we just watched so, I was like, "Heather, let's let's play this game and then we're going to get into it. So, tell me when you're ready and name off as many Fire off as many um Mass Singer winners that you can remember."
2: Okay, but are you going to fact check it so you know if I Oh right? yeah, I got it's it like,
0: right here. I, I got know. it right here. I got it right here.
2: Okay. <laughs> I know I can name people that have been on the show, but it's like whether or not they actually won, that's another story. Um, okay, so this is in, like, no particular order. Um, I want to say Nick Lachey won a season.
0: He did, as the piglet. You're right.
2: Are you? Okay, okay. I got one, nine more. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, okay. <laughs> uh, Leanne Rimes.
0: She did win. She was the sun. Her costume was the sun okay
2: okay okay um wow this is really hard you would think that because it's been on for so many seasons that you would be like oh i can name all of them but maybe because it's been so many seasons you start tuning it out (laughs) um so i don't know i got well for on the 10th i gotta come up with like seven more but i just this is hard.
0: All right, so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give the answers I, off. So, because I know this is, I know it's hard, right? Because I was thinking about it, and I was like, I can name like three. Okay, so the first one or ever was T. Pain, um, and then Wayne Brady, Candy Burris, um, from the group Escape, and also the Real Housewives, Leanne Ryan and Nick Lachey. You, you got those right in order. Those were the order that they wanted. And then Jewel. Do you remember when Jewel was on the show? Um, she was the queen of hearts. And then Tiana Taylor. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. And then Tiana Taylor yeah, won. So um, Amber Riley from Glee. She won. I don't even remember this. And then I do last when you said season, that, yeah. Yeah. Last season was Bishop Briggs. She won the season. So this is all 10 winners. It's crazy. Cause it says that the show premiered in February of 2019. We have 10 winners. We're about to get 11 winners because the new season has already started. And so let's talk about the the idea of Tom Sandoval being on the show. How do you feel seeing him on the show? Because I know you're a very big Vanderpump Rules fan. Um, how do you feel seeing him um, on The Mass Singer? Do you feel like it's it's too soon for him to be doing things? Or do you think that cancel culture is ridiculous and he should just be able to move forward?
2: I think that Tom has a good um manager and PR rep on his team. Um what better way to dive right in and, you know, ride the fame wave than when there's a good, you know, juicy scandal, you know, especially when he's part of it. Um I think that a lot of the Vanderpump fans were probably wondering like how is he going to come back from this? Like mm-hmm. I, you know, I found out about this show because of his scandal. Like, I never really watched The Real Housewives. I never, you know, watched Vanderpump Rules. And because of that, I was like, oh, I want to see what this is about. And I binged every single season, episode after episode, you know, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, I, I love it. Like, I was like hooked. And, you know... Seeing that he was with Ariana for so many years and that he could just like betray her and like just cheat on her the way he did. I mean, if people paid attention to the red flags, it was kind of like in their face the whole time because he had like a history of cheating, but like the girls were so blinded by him. That they are like, no, he, he wouldn't do that to me, you know? You know, it was in their face the whole time, basically. But I think that, like, with him, see, he also, on top of The mass Singer, he's also on that other show where they go through, like, that boot camp. Oh, my God, you're uh, right. Jimmy yeah, you're Lynch- right. Yeah, he's on that show, too. And I think that the point of getting him back out there doing stuff while it's still fresh, because Ariana is actually on Dancing with the Stars and she's doing phenomenal on there. I think that they want to kind of like put him in another light. So they're like either he can be loved as the villain or, you know, people can just kind of like get over it and just like him as the person that he is and the, as the character or whatever that he's portrayed to be even though it's supposed to be reality but they always end up being characters to me so <laughs> um but I don't know I mean I'm not bothered by it I think that his actions and his love life doesn't have to define his personality but I think he's gonna bank on being the villain
0: so are you team Tom or team Ariana? I hate to put you on the spot and I know I hate to, to divide it, but are do you forgive Tom? Do you feel like what he did was wrong? Like, how do you feel? How do you feel? Do you, do you want him to pay for what he did? Cause it seems like a lot of the fans, they just want him to be punished for what he did. So how, where do you stand? Do you feel like their relationship ended? And if it wasn't on TV, it's, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. Or do you feel like he's a bad guy?
2: I am team Ariana. I love her. Um, but I am not upset with Sandoval. I believe that by this ending, it actually benefited Ariana in the, the long was able to actually grow and find herself comfort level. And she started exploring things. Like she always wanted to like, you know, um, explore more and do more with being a bartender and she wanted to like do more books and her first book ever, he inserted himself in it. So like he's in the book, he's on the cover. And it was supposed to be just her. Wow. So like now she has like a new one coming out. It's solely just her. I think it's called like single AF and it's got her she looks phenomenal. She's doing like I said, dancing with the stars. She actually moved on. She has a new man. So I think that by this happening, there was like some amazingness at the end of the tunnel that she was able to grow and find herself. So it was like, you want to be like, I hate you. But then you also want to be like, well, thanks, Tom, because, you know, she was able to find the best Ariana that she could be. So, no, I I don't hold a grudge against Tom because I found him out when he hurt all the other girls that he dated before her. He has a pattern but he's good looking. So women have a tendency of looking past that. So <laughs> um, I'm, I'm looking forward to the new season. I know that they just finished wrapping up not that long ago. So I have to do podcasts and let you know about what's going on with that.
0: <laughs> so you brought up Dancing with the Stars. Um, so Jamie Lynn Spears was on there. And if you blinked, you missed it, right? Like it was, she was on there. I remember the TMZ stories saying that she was on there and their Britney fans were like, Get her off the show. We can't stand her. So I want to know where you stand on that because I know Britney is your favorite person or she was your favorite person. You know, Jamie Lynn Spears is her little sister. She had that show, Zoe 101. It relaunched recently and, you know, there's been a lot of issues between Britney and Jamie Lynn. Well, shit. Britney and her whole family, but especially Jamie Lynn, right? And I know that the fans, Britney's fans have something to do with the fact that she only lasted on the show like a week or two or whatever. I know that her fans have something to do with that because I can't say that she was on the yeah. show and she did bad because you know I don't I don't watch the show. <laughs> so, how do you feel? Do you feel like I've is watched- she like blackballed by the fans?
2: Oh, definitely. She's definitely blackballed by the fans. Um, I think that whatever she has done to Britney you know, is, is horrible. Her and Brittany were always so close, you know, um, when she was growing up. And um, it sucks that her and her family are in such a horrible place. I hope that, you know, they can finally heal one day, you know? Um, I actually saw Jamie Lynn's performance. I don't think she did bad. Um, I don't think that she should have to permanently suffer because in the end result, she's a human being as well. And she should get voted solely on her performance, not by her personal life and what she has done. So I, I have, like, mutual feelings, but it's mostly coming from, like, just being a human being. I think, like, you should just be fair to others. Just two wrongs don't make a right.
0: You know what I mean? I think that the fans have, have made it impossible do anything, which I get it. They're a, uh, treated Britney or whatever, but I do feel fair to I feel like she got voted off the show just because she's the sister who Britney happens to dislike. You know, and I, I don't know. It's, it doesn't seem fair. Like we have to give everyone a fair shot, and we have to learn that you know we can't judge people for one thing that they did in their whole life. You know, if she went on the show, she did a good job. She should have had a fair chance. You know, and I feel like she definitely wasn't given a fair chance. And Didi, I don't know if yeah. you watch Dancing with the Stars. Are are you um, familiar with the show, or do you watch it at all?
1: I've watched it a couple of times, um, but I do know a little bit about the Britney Spears and her little sister story. Um, you know, from what I from what I've heard heard in the social media is that you know she's always tried to take the spotlight away from britney especially when britney started spiraling um downward and now that you know she's actually being called out on what she's tried to do or is trying to do it's backfired on her because nobody can take britney spears um, place come on <laughs> it's britney spears yeah. <laughs>
0: There's one Britney Spears and it's undeniable, you know, it's her. But I, I definitely feel like this saga. Oh, so Heather, what do you think about this book? Because Britney's putting out a book, right? Is is she gonna tell us the the situations between her family like in depth? Like, do you know what's gonna be in the book? Because a lot of people wanna know what her family did to her that was so wrong, because we know that, that they were using her for money. Is she gonna tell us like in depth?
2: I know that she said that she was gonna tell her side of the story, um, minus the divorce that just recently happened. Um, I'm just wondering, and I think I think that the the book is supposed to be like her memoir. I think it's supposed to be everything minus the divorce that just recently happened. Um, I think that a lot of people are skeptical of how much of it is going to be her words and how much of it maybe is going to still be kept under wraps or maybe in other people's words. Um, she has been promoting it, but a lot of people still think that she's not running her social media account. Um, there's like so many conspiracies about Brittany. It is ridiculous. Um, people think that the videos that she posts online are not like her, that they have like this footage and that they put it out there. So that way the fans are confused and think that, you know, that's Brittany or whatever. Like, it's just ridiculous. It goes on and on and on about how many like conspiracies are out about this poor girl. It's just like, I'm tired for her. I really am, but I'm eager to read it. Um, I know that you can pre-order it right now. So I think I'm going to put in my pre-order on Amazon so that way I can get it. Cause I want to read it. and I do have Jamie Lynn's and, you know, but I found it at the Dollar Tree. So that's, <laughs> that's no shade. That's honest truth. <laughs> um, I guess, um, you know, a good read for a dollar 25. You can't beat that, you know, to see like what, you know, her problems and, and struggles are the, the amount of time I've read Jamie Lynn's book. She basically talked about her daughter's near death experience um, that she had and how she grew from that. So, and everything she mentioned about Brittany was positive. So it's how she Interesting. Did- wants to be liked. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I think the book is going to do well because everybody has been waiting to hear from Brittany because she's everywhere. She's on social media. She posts all the time, but she never tells anybody what's going on. And I think the book is definitely what the fans want because the fans want a picture, a mirror into her life. And she's super private. It's like she went from being everywhere as a teenager and a young adult to she posts whatever she wants to post, but no. You know, for the fans, the fans want more. Fans need more, so this book might be their way to get a little bit more insight into what's going on with her and her life because it's just been so much drama and craziness. She's the only person, well, not the only one of the only people who cannot put out one new song and still be the topic of every news story and every magazine and every um, TV show and entertainment tonight. Like there's the Britney saga could be a, a twin part series, you know, with 10 seasons. Like there's just so much craziness. And we, we're we all wanting to know. We all want to know what's going on with her. So let's move on to this Drake and Joe Budden thing because I know Drake put out a new album, right? What was the name of that album? Like All the Kings or something like that? He put out an album And Joe Budden, who is a retired rapper, he has a podcast. He was also on Love and Hip Hop, um, with his wife Chrissy. Isn't his wife Chrissy? Am I right? I believe it's Chrissy, right?
2: Chrissy was with um, uh, not Joelle Santana, but um, his friend.
0: Oh, okay. So I got it wrong. But he was on Joe Budden was on Love and Hip Hop
2: too. Yes, he was on Love and Hip Hop.
0: Love and Hip Hop. He was a rapper. He had a few songs. I don't want to say it, a few, might be being generous. A couple of songs back in the day, and he um, has a podcast now. And he said some negative things about Drake and his contribution into hip hop and music. And Drake fired back with a like essay, calling him a failure, um, saying that he was a grown man who gave up on his dreams. He gave up on hip hop. It was a very, very harsh essay and i want to get everybody's thoughts on that is it okay to call someone a failure is it okay to say like oh well you're terrible at what you do because you didn't work hard enough you didn't try hard enough you gave up like even if the statements are true coming from dre that's very very harsh because everybody's gonna read it like you know how somebody might tweet about you they might not have a whole bunch of followers everybody's not gonna hear the negative thoughts that you have towards them so like how do we feel about drake calling joe button now on such a large scale because i i don't know how many followers drake has on instagram but it's it's way more than anybody else right so everybody read this and i was just like how do we feel about that is it okay to bully people when you're that famous you know like how do we feel
1: it's not okay to bully anybody i don't care if you're famous or not it's not okay to bully anybody and just because someone didn't make it like you did, doesn't mean that they're a failure.
2: But see, that's that's not the whole story, George. It's like it's not about he just picked Joe Budden in a lineup and started bullying him. Drake was firing back at comments that Joe Budden made on his podcast, yeah. so that was Drake's retaliation. So it's like. You can't make it sound like Drake woke up one day and was like, hey, you know that one failed rapper, Joe Putton, I'm about to go off on him. It didn't happen like that. Was the way that Drake handled it right or wrong? I think for a rapper, it probably was right because growing up in the 90s, rappers retaliation was shooting each other so the fact that he wrote a paragraph on Instagram is probably like the classiest way a rapper can handle it I don't think that it was so much as bullying as him being like you talk about me I'm talking about you which is the two rights you know don't make a you know two wrongs don't make a right situation like I said about you know the Britney thing but I think that's just how they handled it. So it it to me it wasn't bullying, it was just his retaliation. I mean, but as
0: someone in Drake's stature and where he is in the industry, a retaliation can be, you know, very serious from him. Like, first of all, to get noticed by Drake at all, that's a lot, right? For him to even acknowledge you. Because let's be honest. Joe Budden's podcast in comparison to what Drake does and who Drake is and his music, how did he even get Drake's attention? But it's interesting because Joe Budden has said a lot of things about people on his podcast that has gotten a lot of reaction. Now that I look back at it, I think that might be something that Joe Budden is banking on by saying things to people or about people to get a re- uh, response. And then these people who are, are much famous, more famous – in the moment are giving him a little bit of attention because now a lot of people who didn't listen to his podcast like we went back and we wanted to hear what the comments were so it could be like oh well i'm gonna use this person's fame um so i'm gonna attack them on my podcast and then have this person retaliate and then i'm gonna start like this feud with this massive celebrity i think
2: that you out of all people should know because you do podcasting for a living and you gain a lot of attention from followers as well as people that are on these shows that you watch. They have a tendency of listening a little closer to the people that have an opinion, that have followers. Um, Just like even with Machine Gun Kelly, like there were so many people that do radio shows, podcasts, whatever. And he will go and he will, like, literally write songs about what they had said. And he feels like he has something to prove to these critics versus the people that actually buy his music. So, and you had a situation yourself, whether, I don't know if we could think about it or not, but you had a person that was out there that didn't necessarily like everything that they thought that you said or did. And they were trying to come for you, too. She supposedly had a following and a fan base and everything. And I'm talking about Kara. I'm talking about Usman's brief ex, if you want to call it that. I call it just like a limelight war, but that's just me. I can say what I want because I'm not a podcast person. (laughs) Um, I just think that I don't know what it is. I don't know why these people care so much about one's opinion. The only thing I can think of is that because there is a following, maybe they think that you can persuade others by your following fan base. Yeah. So maybe I, Drake thinks that Joe Budden's fan base is suddenly going to overshadow Drake's millions of followers. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I do. I do know that, and it's funny you brought up MGK Machine Gun Kelly. I remember back in the day, um, he and I had like some feuds. And I used to pick on him um, back in the day. I, I used to tweet him and, and say things to him that he didn't like. And I do remember I told him that he would never sell out um, the queue. This was a big stadium back in Cleveland. And he was like, oh, I would totally sell it out. And then he actually did. And then he tweeted at me and that sold it out. Yeah, and it's like so interesting because back then, who was I? Who was I? to say anything to him to piss him off because he was doing
2: There's me I was literally two inches from you on the couch when you sent that tweet who is like a huge fan that has him tattooed on my arm and he would not pay me no attention but yet you said one thing to him and not only did he come for you he blocked you so that's what I'm saying I don't understand I don't understand you ignore the people who love and support you and buy your Music and you go to your concerts, but you give all your time and attention to the rude people that hate you. Like, make it make sense, people. Make it make it, sense. <laughs>
0: it doesn't. It's like people really do like to feud with other people, and it it really is hey. a waste of time. I know. It's like you should focus on moving forward and positivity. Okay, so I want to talk about Olivia Rodrigo because she just put out a new album called Guts, and this album, um, it's the follow-up to her album Sour. And it has unprecedented success. Like anything that Olivia Rodrigo puts out is just successful. So I want to get into it because Olivia Rodrigo puts out really personal music, right? Like she talks about personal relationship struggles, um, intimate details of how she was treated, how the people that she dated hit her. And I don't know who this album is about. I know she dated Joshua Bassett from um, the High School Musical, the series back in the day. This could even possibly be about someone else. She never really gives any information on who these people are. But like, why do you think that she connects so well with her her listeners, especially female listeners? Like when women hear these songs, it's like anthem for women and cope through bad situations. And it's like, why do you think her... Music is doing so well because we have artists like Taylor Swift. She puts out music, but she never gives us the intimate details of relationships. And things she mostly just bashes, you know, people or situations. But I feel like Olivia Rodrigo puts out a more personal um, style. Like her, the lyrics are so personal. It's almost like this is something that she would tell her best friend. She's telling me, and I just want to get your thoughts on her new album because I know you've listened to it. I've heard a lot off of it. What are your thoughts on it you?
2: Um, I love her. She's one of my favorite artists, and I really want to go see her when she comes to town. Um, I think a lot of people like her because she has like, and she would probably hate this because I don't think she's a fan of her anymore, but she actually used to be Taylor Swift's biggest fan. And then when they happened to work together, things went south and she feels differently. But I think she has the same type of pick to her. Like the, I've been hurt, F you type of thing. And, you know, I think that a lot of people can relate to it because you put your pain and your feelings into music. So um, there's a lot of relatable lyrics. And she's just young. She's fun. She like kind of just is there, talented. Um, but I think that her album is really good. I liked Sour too. I thought that one was good too. Um, so okay. I just I don't know. This this album wasn't about the guy from High School Musical. She's had another relationship since then. Oh. She dated an older guy. Yeah, he was older. I think he was like a director maybe that didn't go so well either. So that this could have something to do with him. Um, some of it might have to do with Taylor Swift. So the, the Taylor Swift and Olivia Rodrigo
0: feud, I've heard about it a lot. And what do you think about really powerful female artists that, that can't get along? Because I know Taylor Swift said um, years ago, she said that men have been pinning women against each other instead of letting women empower each other. So the fact that Taylor and Olivia who are very, very powerful in the industry can't seem to get along. How do you guys feel about that? Because I feel like it's very important for women to support each other, because sometimes they call this a man's world, the industry could be a man's industry, you know, driven by men. Um, The things that happen in the industry are driven by men. So I feel like women should be, you know, put together
1: well I think whenever um whenever you're an artist, I don't care whether it's a music, um, you know, you're a comedian or what have you, um, when I think you're an artist and you can touch people on a different level than you know, any other artist because you actually put your you actually um sing or talk about um your life. And you can reach people on a different level. So when you can reach people on a different level, of course, you know, they're going to they're going to know, Okay, wow, this, you know, this artist, even though they're famous, they actually get it. And I think with women, you know, the artists that are women, instead of going against each other, they need to um, support each other because women men too, but women go through, um, more hardships than, than men do. And for one woman, um, woman artist to bash another artist because, you know, they're putting their life story out there. They're actually singing or, um, talking about their true life, things that really happen to get bashed by another one. That is, I mean, that's really, that's bad. And, it, so if you want the same reaction, then maybe you need to be more genuine in what you do and not be so fake. Some
0: people say that Taylor Swift has become friends with whoever is hot at the moment. Like whenever you watch an award show, they famously put Taylor Swift to sit next to you know, whoever's going to bring home the most awards. I don't know if that's true or not. You know, These are just rumors that I've seen online. I don't know anything about that. I don't know how. Taylor meets people and her close friends are, but people are like, well, she's always really close with whoever is hot in the industry at that moment. And a lot of people look at it in different ways. They're like, well, she's the biggest artist in the industry. She should um, um, attach to the newer artists, especially the younger female artists, so she could mentor them. But a lot of people say that's not what she's doing. So what are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts? Because she's been really close to Billie Eilish. She was close to it with Selena Gomez at one point. You know, Whoever was hot at that moment, we've we seen her with them. And then after a while, we've noticed we don't see her with that person anymore. So what are our thoughts on befriending someone um, and it might be a, a situation of um, convenience?
1: I think, I think Taylor Swift um, with other huge artists You know, they try to, especially when you're new in, um, the public eye, they try to act like they want to be your friend because they want to intimidate you. They want you to feel like, you know, you're not going to be able to make it to the level that they are. It's more of a, you know, wow, I'm better than you. I'll always be better than you kind of situation. And then, you know, once they get their point across, then they move on to the next victim.
2: Um. Taylor, she's still friends with a lot of the people that you have mentioned. Um, Selena Gomez is her best friend. So I know that, like, every time, like, if she had a concert, Selena would attend, uh, even if it was just sitting in the audience. <clears throat> and um, at the work show, they weren't like sitting next to each other, but they were like kind of by each other. And she still, like, you know, clapped and said, you know, that's my friend and pointed at her and stuff. Um, She was sitting with the rapper Ice Spice at the VMAs and she actually did a collaboration with her, like she remixed one of her songs and Ice Spice was on it, so I think that maybe she was sitting with her just to kind of, maybe just like, um, to promote it, you know, like, oh, they did a song together, you know, just maybe introduce the rap fans to Taylor Swift and vice versa. Could be the record labels doing. Um but I mean who knows why they do, you know, what they do. I mean a lot of it it's probably because of the popularity a lot of it is could be for intimidation purposes. Um I think like what you were saying about like the females and all that, I think that Because a lot of females, not all but a lot, they do have um, a lot of different things that they think in their head. Like, they doubt themselves, their self-worth. Everything is the competition. So, I think that, unfortunately, women pin women against themselves because of, like, insecurities and jealousy and stuff like that. It's like they don't want them to do great because they feel like this person can't do better than me because then I won't be able to shine. And it's just, it's a sad world that we live in because technically there is a lot, technically there's like a lot that could be done. There's a spot for everyone if we'd allow it, but it could never get to that because people can't seem to look past their own insecurities in life to let everybody shine which is sad.
0: Do you remember the artist Lord? I remember her and Lord were really close at one point and Lord kind of disappeared, right? Like I think last the last season of The Mass Singer we thought Bishop Briggs was Lord. Um because the, they sounded alike, but Lord has kind of disappeared from the public eye and she was really really close with Taylor Swift. Do you think that they're still friends? Do you they still talk or do you think Laura just went back to her um, country of origin and you know she's because a lot of times we get these new artists and they're, from new country, they're from other countries and they come over to the U.S. you know to, to share their music with us but their lives are not here their lives are back in their perspective countries so a lot of people are like well what happened to all of these people that we saw her and they were really close with and now they've disappeared or do you think that just because we don't see them they're not still friends do you think that, that, that is that how it is
2: I don't think it has anything to do with whether or not they're friends, it could be whether or not they're in the public eye, you know, like, if um, she's not seen with the Lord doesn't mean they don't still talk on the phone to each other, you know, she might just be back in her original country and, you know, doing something there.
1: I mean, I, I agree, because I'm friends with people that are, you know, popular and famous, you know, and... I don't always hang around them but just because I don't hang around them don't mean we're not friends so I get it
0: yeah I think that a lot of people, when again, Taylor Swift is the biggest artist in the world. I think a lot of times people are always looking for something negative to say about someone. So they're like, oh, well, she's a fake friend and she'll be friends with someone at one point and then not be friends with at another point. And I think uh, it's over criticism of artists when you become that big and that famous. You can't really do anything. It's the damned if you do, damned if you don't um, situation with you. It's like you do something good. At do something bad that's terrible and then everything is elevated. So I definitely feel like in her position like her tour in itself up there with Beyonce's are like the most successful tours that have ever happened. Like she's making strides in the music industry that no one has ever dreamed of doing. And then she was really generous. She gave like a large amount of money to the truck drivers, the people who were making the school happen that were on the road, moving all of her insanely large items and stage stuff around, getting like $50,000 bonuses on top of what they were already making, right? So, oh, I wanted to touch on the thing that Drake said. He said that he was going to take a hiatus from music and he had just put out an album he's going to take a hiatus from music. What do you guys think about artists taking hiatus? Because I was like, to, what if someone like Taylor Swift said she was going to take a hiatus from music? I feel like the industry would go crazy. Right? I feel like people would freak out. So, like, how do you guys feel about Drake saying that he's going to take a break from music? Is that okay? You're that big. Is it okay for you to say you're, you're done with music for a while? Or do you have to keep making music? You know, like some artists, they just keep putting out music, keep putting out music, keep putting out music. Is it okay for them to take a break? Are the fans are supposed to just wait around? Or or what's the situation with that? How do you feel?
1: I don't care how famous you are or how big you are, you have to take time to, especially for your mental health. Um, you have to take time for yourself. Because if you're always giving, 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 going on tours, you're not resting, you're not doing what you need to do, after so what if you're that famous? At the end of the day, I mean, you still gonna you still gonna be. You're not going to be able to give the performance that you need to to give because you didn't burn yourself out so much because you haven't taken that time. And I think it said that he was going to take like a year break. I mean, so what if it's a year break when he comes back? It's going to be like he never left anyway because he's you know, he's real famous. So, I mean, if Taylor Swift were to um, take about a year break when she came back, she would still be Taylor Swift. If Beyonce were to, if she came back, she would still be Beyonce. There's just some people that nobody can take their place, but they still need that time to take care of their, their health, their mental health. You know, um, it's a lot of, when you're doing a lot of traveling, you're doing, you, you're around so many people, you're doing a lot of tours. You can't actually take time for yourself. And after a while, your mental health starts going bad, your uh, your whole physical health starts going bad. So I don't, I mean, kudos. If you can take a year off and afford to take a year off, heck yeah, <laughs> do it.
0: Well, I forgot to say that he dropped the album first um, and then announced it. So he gave them music to listen to while he was doing
2: it. Like Didi was saying, if, if you've already established yourself in the game and made a name for yourself, There's people like Britney Spears that haven't dropped a song since, like, I mean, like, an actual, like, album since, like, 2016. She's still Britney Spears. You know what I mean? Like, you can take a hiatus and people will still know who you are. Um, It's probably not smart for people that are brand new that have, like, one song out, you know, that people might not know who you are when you come back. Um, But, yeah, I mean, if you need it for family time yourself your mental health you definitely should take some time off everybody deserves to have that break to breathe and lately this is just it's it's my opinion but it's I've heard a lot out there Um, the last couple of albums that Drake has actually dropped have not been good and they haven't even really produced much singles um so it's probably best if he does take a break that way he can take some time maybe like reinvent his sound reinvent himself come up with some new stuff new material because if his heart and his head isn't in it he's not going to be producing good stuff and people are not going to be listening to it anyways i love drake he was always one of my favorite artists and i couldn't even tell you the name of the last three albums he put out because they were rushed they didn't even make it to the shelves he straight, it went straight to digital and you know it's just yeah so he he needs it he needs this time the last the one that he just put out has like 23 songs I got through like the first five before I got bored and turned it off
0: Wow, that's crazy. That's, that's how
1: amazing. you can tell that your mental health is is really is is not where it needs to be.
0: Do you think that these artists feel pressure to stay exactly. to stay relevant by putting out music constantly? Do you feel like they feel like if they do take a break that something is gonna happen and they're not they're gonna lose their spot? You ever heard artists say, I'm back to claim my spot, I'm back to claim my crown? I think a lot of artists are under the impression if they take a break, they're forfeiting their spot um, in the industry or on the billboards or on the charts. And I think that that's a, a really bad um, situation for people with mental health because they're like, oh, well, if I take a break, if I go on vacation, if I don't put out an album, my spot's going to go to someone else. And I think a lot of artists are like under that pressure of, well, I can't take a break because if I do, they'll forget about me. You know, and somebody will get my crown, and they'll put my crown on the head, and then I won't be able to be um, able to come back and get that battle. Have to fight someone for it, and I think a lot of artists, I hear them say things, like that, and that's a that's a bad situation for people. Like Heather said, when "You're making music, when you're putting out albums, put out albums. It's not really going to help your career because there's a lot of." who have been making music, like, for instance, Backstreet Boys. They've been making music for, I don't know, pushing 25 years, probably, if not longer. And they've been putting out new songs and new albums that haven't done anywhere near as good as their classic, iconic, legendary albums. And I think just to put music out, to put out, isn't helping your career, and it's not helping you stay true who you are. There's like a a very overwhelming pressure. I know Taylor Swift has to feel pressure because every time she puts out music, it takes over the world. But I know there's a lot of pressure for her to keep putting out music. Especially Olivia Rodrigo as well. So many people are looking to her for answers. I can't imagine what the pressure is like on a person, knowing like, well, I need to make music that tops what I did the last time. And sometimes that, that that takes a toll on your mental health because you you can't just put the words on the paper and say it how you want to say it. it has to outdo what you set the bar so high. That's a lot of pressure to try to outdo what you've done the last time. I think Eminem wrote it in one of his songs. He's like, "Am I ever going to be able to live up to what people expect of me?" And I can't imagine what that pressure is like on artists because they're supposed to write music, to record music, tour, do meet and greet manage social media, deal with fans, deal with haters. They're supposed to do it all on a regular basis and still put out massive hits all at the same time. I can't imagine the type of pressure that is.
1: Well, not even with just the music artists. It's with everyone, you know, that's got that is in the the, um, the public eye. You know, the singers, the, the comedians, the actors, the actresses, um, podcasters. I mean, it's like you have to like really put yourself out there and hope you know that that someone actually acknowledges that you are really trying to make the best of your you know make the best of whatever it is you're doing but at the same time you try to be your normal self people don't want to see your normal self they want to see a whole different um side of you they want to see something totally different and so whenever you go and try to you know, just, just change it just a little bit, that's when you start getting bashed. That's when you start getting, you know, all these negative comments or attacks because it's all you want to do is just be yourself. But when you have so many fans and people expect only certain things from you, it's it's hard. You know, like me and you, George, um, We're we're podcasters. So it's like we have to sometimes we try our best to be ourselves, but not everybody wants us to be ourselves. Everybody wants to see a whole different (laughs) side of us. And we're like, but I mean, do we really want to do that? But I mean, but it's, so that's, that's, it can be overwhelming. It can really be overwhelming because, you know, like on the next podcast, we're like, okay, well, we need to do better than last time. If not, we're, you know, our followers are going to leave us or, you know, we're not going to be popular or there's going to be some kind of attack, some kind of negativity. And we don't have as many followers as these famous people. So you can imagine they get it even more than what me and you are getting it.
0: <laughs> I definitely, I don't envy them. You know, I, a lot of people are like, oh, you have a 50 million pounds. I wish I was you. I don't envy people who deal with those type of pressures like Drake, Taylor Swift, Olivia Retrico, um, all of these people who have to deal with, because it's a blessing and a curse, you know, because I think Heather, you've pointed out many times how people's fans are also their enemies. Like they love you at one point.
1: Very true statement. That is a very true statement. Cause you have all these fans and then for no reason at all, they turn against you. Just one
0: thing you say literally one thing and they come yeah. against you. And these are the people who follow them and support them by their music. It's like the expectation of who you are and what to live up to is almost, it's like you're living. Liber- you can't show your truth of who you are, like you were saying, because sometimes they don't like who you are. They don't like your personal opinion. They don't like your personal beliefs. They like who you are. In the music, or who you, or who you are in the movies, and then you become a character that you're like you're, you create a character in your own life, and you're supposed to be that character. That character when you go out in public, it has to be exhausting because I know a lot of celebrities have personal beliefs um, that they don't want us to know because we won't like them. You know, they might have political beliefs, might have religious beliefs, and then they have to pretend like they don't because they need to live up. <coughs> we want them to be, who we want or who we perceive them to be, which is really hard. Oh, Heather, I want you to talk about um, this Welcome to Blastville show because you you brought this up to me about this family um, and they were living a different type of lifestyle, right? I think the kids didn't have the internet or the kids didn't have a computer like tell me a little background on this you were telling me that it was kind of interesting to me i don't know if you watched this i do i
1: mean i watched last season but i haven't had time to really sit down and watch this season but yeah i do know it fell apart though
0: (laughs) yeah so heather give me a little background first because i don't really know a whole lot about it and then let's dive in
2: Okay, so I wanted to watch the season. So I wanted to start from the very beginning. I wanted to get a background and understanding because I was not really sure I always hear like the background noise of the commercials like you know, when you're watching like 90 fiance or whatever, and they're like, Oh, welcome to Plattsville and I didn't really know what the show was about. I was like, were they religious? Were they Amish? Like, I didn't know. So I try to watch like the first season the first episode and it didn't really catch my interest because I felt like they kind of just like dived into their lives and they didn't give like a background or anything but I'm like you know what let me give it a chance and I started watching it and it's it's really short you know if you watch it on max there's no commercial so it's like 40 minutes long and I want to say like most of the seasons there's only five they're on season five right now um there's only like eight nine ten no more than maybe like 12 episodes. So they're really easy to get through. But anywho, so basically they were a family and they they were really kind of like religious, but like more so the dad than the mom. Um, I didn't really get to understand much of like why she was so strict until she started talking about her past life and experience and everything. Apparently like she lost her mom and like she was really close with her but her mom didn't do like maybe the best she could growing up so she wanted to like kind of learn and do like the opposite she was like no I want to be a better mom to my kids and what she thought she was doing was giving them the best life and the best like you know whatever she was she thought she was protecting them but in actuality, she was probably making matters worse. Like, she homeschooled all her children, which is fine. I mean, I feel like you could probably get the same type of education if you're homeschooled or go to public school, private school, whatever. But they weren't, like, finishing it through. Like, none of them had, like, an actual diploma, like, GED or diploma or anything to show for it. So they kind of always felt like they were behind. Um they didn't have like they had a tv but it was like more of like an old school tv which they didn't really like watch um they weren't allowed to have sugar so they wanted to like sweeten something up they had to use like maple syrup or something like that and i'm like i can imagine like making something where you need to have sugar as an ingredient and you're substituting it with like something like has a completely different taste to it um and like they weren't allowed to show their bodies and very modest wear um so there was nine children i believe um and like kim she's the mother she just like just really like strict with her kids and but the thing was is that once they turned 18 they could do whatever they want. Like, they could, like, move out. They could dress however they want. They could do whatever. Um, They had, like, a family band. They listened to, like, only, like, classical type of music or maybe some, like, religious music. Um, So, like, they didn't know who, like, Justin Bieber or, you know, any of them are. So their oldest son, Ethan, he basically got married to this girl who had like the same type of faith and she gave up kind of like on her religion and she was just like I just want to live like a normal life I want to like experience life and she kind of introduced him to like the world and she's like this is your first time having like coca cola and this is your first time having an alcoholic beverage and stuff and he actually separated himself from his parents Because they did not like his wife because they're like, okay, you're like corrupting and whatever. And they didn't, like, if he wanted to see his siblings, they had to be supervised because she thought that like, he was going to like feed all this stuff to them and like make the little kids turn against the parents and everything. So my thing is now that we're in season five, After raising so many children the way she did, she still had like four children left at home that weren't of the age of 18 yet. She decided that she was no longer interested in her marriage, that she felt like it was kind of like a loveless marriage, there's no intimacy, Um, she just felt like she was very alone. Um, She started letting the children listen to whatever they want. She, you know, let them, like they were eating ice cream in one of the scenes. Um, Just kind of like, be like normal children and like, you know, whatever. Um, I think that, I don't know how I feel. (laughs) Like, I don't know how I feel. Like, obviously when you become a parent, you learn as you go. You know, you know that you want the best for your child. You know that you want them to be better than you were. You know that you want them to be safe and successful and loved and all that good stuff. But it's like there's not really a set handbook on how to be a parent. You just kind of learn as you go. But in my opinion, is it really fair that you use your children as kind of like the guinea pig phases of life where you're like, you know, I'm going to do this, that, and the other. So clearly she kind of messed them up because none of them really had... Knowledge of anything. A lot of them didn't get a good solid education. So they had to go back and either get their GED or, you know, whatever. They weren't allowed to experience a lot of the same things that other children were. And then when you decide in your life that you want to make a change, you're, you, you kind of change up your parenting for the younger ones. Is that fair to your older children? Or, is it like two separate situations? Like, I don't know, like watching this show, it left me with so many mixed emotions that I I told George, I was like, we have to talk about this because like, even if you don't watch this show, it's just a generalized thing for like parenting and like, basically, like obviously there there's not always right and wrong. Everybody's going to be different. Everybody's going to parent different. But since it's the same family, and you're so strict, you basically went against everything that you taught and what your beliefs were, and you just changed it, especially to these younger children. It's like, is this fair? Is this not fair? You know what I mean? Like, I just kind of was like, to get an opinion from other people on what they thought.
1: Well, I think, I think, you know, parenting, being a parent, you know, like you said, Heather, it's always... You're always learning. you never really actually know how to be a parent. Um, but I think you know the, the the seasons that I've watched, you know, um, a lot of these these women and men, you know they get into these religions, and they think that that's the with them being raised like that, they think that is the only way to raise their children. but in reality. We've all seen, you know, is all it does whenever the children get to a certain age, they start getting rebellious. They want to go and do things that even though you taught them, it's not right. But when they get to a certain age, they're going to be like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I wasn't allowed to do this. And, uh, you know, then they start telling their younger siblings, oh, my gosh, you know, like the ice cream. Oh, my gosh, the ice cream is so good. Here, try it. You know, or, oh, my gosh, this soda or potato chips, you know, like the the Amish, you know, how they how they are raised, you know, everything that they go through. Once they get out into what they call, you know, the the wicked world, their whole perspective changes because, you know, how they live isn't exactly how you know, um, what we would call normal people, (laughs) you know, not saying that Amish isn't um, normal. I'm not saying that. But, you know, like uh, like people like me looking into an Amish, you know, I I don't think I could ever live like that because to me, that's not a normal lifestyle per se from
0: what I've parents made the kids' lives really strict, which I kind of was raised the same way. Like, my life was pretty strict. But then at 18, you know, I I did my own thing. I moved out. I decided to move forward. But I think that it's kind of the parent's job to make sure that the children are raised right. And I I feel like in this world, the kids that aren't raised they kind of are the ones that have the most issues, and I feel like I don't know. I was race strict. I don't know what it was like to not be race strict. I feel like you question doing things, and and when your friends bring up something to you, to do, well, I don't think I would do that, you know, because you were raised in more strict ways to you, you have better decision making you know, you know, your parents would be upset. A lot of times when I was younger, I didn't do things that my friends wouldn't want because I knew I was scared of how mad my mother would be if she knew that I did it. Not that I didn't want to do it, it was more so like she would be so angry if she found out that I did it. So more of like a fear for me. So hearing this story and hearing the way that the mom raised the kids and because they're all kind of doing their own thing because one of the girls is putting out music. Um, one of the kids is like a model. So they're all doing, you know, normal things. I don't mean normal because I guess being a singer or a motto is normal, but they've taken on to life, you know, pretty well. But I do feel like taking away their right to explore life on their own as a child and causing them, you know, when they do get to move into the real world. Overwhelming feeling of all the different things that you can experience. You kind of don't know your direction. Because now you're experiencing all this new stuff. You're Like, what do I want to do? I want to work a job. Do I want to be a model? Do I want to do? What I want to. Do? I want to do? They're 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 right with all. And I think that that makes it really difficult someone entering the real world because they don't really know what they like because they weren't really allowed to experience anything. So I don't know. I've heard a lot about this show, and I do feel like it kind of reminds me a lot of my upbringing. So it might be a show that I'm going to have to check out, you know, because I do like to see the the different ways that people are, are raising their kids today. I think that in parenting, especially in this day and age, there's a lot of missing um, parts. Like people are letting their kids roam free and do things that you know, we would never imagine allowed to do. So, like for instance, children in um middle school, high school, I've seen TikToks of children that and you know, in my upbringing, that was I was raised in the south. Now, like, there's a lot of parents that are letting their There's parents who let their children drink alcohol as long as it's in the house with them. Like, there's there's different parenting styles. I think these shows are really interesting to at the different that yes, we'll have. And Heather, don't you watch? Sister-wise, I, right? I think that they're they're having some issues with their children as well, rebelling, and um, you know, as they got older, realizing that their lifestyles weren't necessarily normal. You know, some of the children aren't speaking to the, the the dad, and there's like a lot of issues going back and forth, especially with their relationships falling apart. You know, we've seen that just because you know they're raising their children in their religion or doing it a certain way, it doesn't have a good lasting impact
1: well i watch sister Mm -hmm. wives i've always watched sister wives from the very first you know episode um you know when talking about raising your children strict and and in different um religions like the duggar family what was it 19 kids and counting I, you know i've watched that you know and then seeing all that how it come to um things that were actually happening Behind the cameras, the sister wives, things that were actually happening behind the cameras. So um, it de- I mean it's hard to, it's hard to judge people or really say where they're coming from because you don't know you only see what, what we're allowed to be able to see on TV, but you don't really know what goes on behind cameras. You know, like I know this is a whole different podcast for about the Duggar family. That can be just one podcast by itself. Oh. But to learn the the things that was being allowed and the things that were um happening that were not we were not able to see because we seen that they were a loving family, they loved each other, and it was all a big lie. So and then now seeing their children, you know, coming and telling the the truth, you know, writing books and really saying exactly what happened, you know, it's like, oh wow. You know, and sister wives, in the beginning, they were just one happy family raising, you know, raising each other's children, being there for each other. But after the seasons, you know, kept going and going. That's when we started finding out the truth about actually what happens behind closed doors and when the cameras aren't running. Yeah.
0: You're right, you're right. We're sold um a story. We're sold a happy family story on a lot of these shows. And then once the-
2: we
1: knew the sister
2: wives were gonna go left because the only reason why children felt the way they did was because he never referred to them as his kids when it was convenient. Like, he always would say Robin's kids instead of saying mine and Robin's kids or mine and Mary's daughter or mine and Christine's kids or whatever. Like, he always said Christine's kids, Mary's kids. I always found that to be weird. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's their kids, but it's your kids with them. So I think that the children just kind of grew up and they looked at him for who he was. He thought that he was going to get to the stairway of heaven by having all these extra wives and this big family and everything through his religion. When he realizes now, when you fast forward in life, that he don't act like he even wants that. He was just collecting people. And now that the kids are older and they kind of can see him for who he is, he was a really crappy dad. He's never there. And he was more worried about the wives and what it made him look like than actually being there for any of his kids. And I think that they're a little different. Even though they have like a unique living situation, than the Platt family because theirs they have you know eight nine kids whatever they live in the same household, but their way was just they were strict you know it's like my way or the highway they had you know just one mom one dad and then she just decided that in life everything that she stood for, she was going to just change. She didn't want to be married to her husband Barry anymore. She wanted to pursue her, uh, she opened a dance studio. She wanted to pursue that some more. It's kind of like midlife crisis situation where she was like turning into her mom because we know that she just recently got arrested for DUI. Her mom was an alcoholic. So what she was trying so hard to keep her children from she was turning into
1: that's that's the thing you know even grown-ups you know they they try their best to to follow in the footsteps of their parents and sooner or later you turn it whether you want to or not you know you you trying to be so strict on yourself and on your children you turn into your parents not realizing that you do it when you're doing it, but if you stand back and look at how um, your um what how your lifestyle is or things that you're doing, you actually turn into your parents. And then that makes you look like a huge hypocrite.
0: Oh, we run out of time. We ran out of time this week, so we're gonna come back. And we're going to talk about some more pop culture stuff. Um, thank you so much to my co-host Heather and Didi Castile for joining us. Uh, make sure you're following everyone um, in the video. be at George all social media platforms. GeorgeMasi.com. Anywhere you your podcast, type in uh, George Masi Show. Make sure you're following me and Heather as well. Thank you guys for joining us for episode three of the Pop Culture Podcast. We'll be back um, today, actually. So. Um, for the new season of 98 Beyond the Oath, you guys are watching that, and we're going to talk about that as well. Thank you guys so much. Um, we'll talk to everyone soon. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye, guys.